When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is good, everyone? Welcome to KGW's 3-on-3 Blazers. This is the moment you've been waiting for, our preseason extravaganza, where we put it all on paper. We let you know how we're feeling about the upcoming NBA season, how the Trail Blazers will do this year, playoff predictions, and, you know, we'll hand out some player awards as well. Jared Cowley and I are ready to go, so let's start the show. Oh yeah, what is good everyone? Welcome to KGW's 3-on-3 Blazers. My name is Orlando, joined as always by Jared Cowley. And it's that time of the year. The basketball season is upon us. Rip City, are you ready? The Portland Trail Blazers will tip off the regular season on the 20th against the Sacramento Kings at the Moda Center. I am hyped. There, It is a special time of the year. There are a few times when it is so awesome to be at the Moda Center where the energy is so electric and the season opener slash home opener is just one of those times that I look forward to every single year. I am hyped to be there. I'm wondering how many of you will be making the trip to the Moda Center where, you know, we'll have a a full-blown Moda Center packed to capacity with fans and everything like that. Um, And with that always comes our our annual preseason predictions where – We clown on each other about (laughs) how much we think we know about the game. And then we look back on it and realize we don't know Jack. Jared, (laughs) it is good to see you. Welcome back, man, as as we do this thing via Zoom. Um, How are things going in your world before we get the party started here? Yeah, things are going good. Um, I'm excited to, I'm I'm not going to be at the, the season opener, but I'm excited to at least get out to the Moda Center for some games this season. I wasn't able to go last season at all. Uh, most people weren't. So I'm excited to experience that again. Uh, that will be a lot of fun. And for any of you who are actually going to make it out to the season opener, uh, I am envious. I think that will be awesome. I hope you have a great time. That, that's what's up, man. Um, and hopefully those that aren't making it out to the game are able to watch it. <laughs> they probably <laughs> because, won't be. <laughs> <laughs> because, man, I mean, what a mess this has been. You know, uh, I saw the announcement that, you know, the the deal with DirecTV and Root Sports, it, it yeah. looks like, you know, you'll now be able to watch them slash stream them via DirecTV's services. I, mean, I guess that's something. So there's a there's a W there, but still a and long way to go. it's basically Comcast, DirecTV, Fubo, you know, if yep. they ever actually get this, the channel on their, their lineup, <laughs> if they say they're going to. <laughs> a few days away from the regular season opener, by the way. Yeah, but if you've got YouTube TV, if you've got Dish Network, if you have uh, Sling, you know, any... Hulu. Yeah, Hulu. <laughs> Hulu has live sports, except for not Blazers <laughs> live sports, then you are out of luck. Um, and I don't know if that's going to change before the start of the regular season. It certainly does not seem that way. Yeah, especially with those uh, streaming services. 
Yep. Uh, it, it doesn't, it doesn't look good just based on the statements, the auto replies that yeah, root right. sports is putting out on their social media platforms when people ask about that. So super disappointing on that front, they had all off season to figure this thing out and they still couldn't get it done. Uh, you know, definitely embarrassing for the trailblazers, embarrassing for all parties involved. And ultimately it's the fan base that suffers. Exactly. Uh, and, and it, it's such a, it really is a, a bummer, you know, for, Portland's pro basketball team um, to, to struggle like this, to watch them in the Pacific Northwest is, is not a good thing, man. Uh, just a mess. Yeah. And so I'm not going to, I'm not going to waste a lot of time on it, but it, it, that's where we're at right now. And I know a lot of people are concerned and wondering what they should do, how they're going to, you know, watch the trailblazers who can't make it out to every single home game and especially, you know, the road games as well. Right. So um, that's, that's kind of where, where things stand and it's, it is comical that, you know, Damian Lillard is, is, you know, one of the faces of Hulu. <laughs> right. And you actually can't watch him play basketball on Hulu uh, if you live in this part of the country. So yep. is what it is. That's where we, we are right now. Um, and, and hopefully things change. I just am not optimistic about it. So now that we've, we've gotten that out of the way, uh, <laughs> Jared, um, you, you know, you, you, you texted me last night and... <laughs> You, you were like, man, oh, man, you've, you've, you've got to we've got to do a little bit of a refresher. I believe you said the, the receipts are, are on deck. So I want to hand the floor over to you because you've, you've got some, some things to explain as we dive into our preseason prediction podcast that we like to do every year. Oh, yes. As you said, we uh, we like to think of ourselves as very smart in the know NBA fans. Um, and every year we get to go through this and, and humble ourselves, uh, a little history last season, when we did this, we went Oh, for 15 on the, you know, three picks between you, me and Nate, um, the NBA champion, the MVP, the rookie of the year, most improved player and six man of the year. We put up a goose egg, uh, wow. 15, the year before that we were four for 15, but you know, that's whatever. It's fine. Um, Nate on last year's podcast said, if we get one right this year, just one, that's improvement in my book. So out of those, out of those 15 picks between you, me and Nate, those five picks, three each, um, how many do you think we got right? Give me a guess. Just based on that statement, I'm going to (laughs) say we got, we got one right. I'm going to say we got one right. I, I wish I could make you feel good, oh, but no, <laughs> we, we put up zero again. <laughs> but, um, oh, at one point you said, if all of us pick the same thing, usually that's not a good sign. Uh, after we all picked the Lakers to win the title, which they did oh. not. Um, we also did that again. We, we did that twice for most improved player. We all picked Michael Porter jr. It's not him. It was Julius Randall. Mm. Um, none of us picked joker is the mvp you went with uh luca Mm. it went went with durant and i went with damian lillard um our rookie of the year picks were terrible our six man of the year picks were horrible we went (laughs) over 15 we all deserve dunce caps it's unbelievable over 15 um our blazers picks were not a lot better but we all did pick them to make the playoffs that's kind of a gimme uh well, not always, but yeah, I mean, kind of. Um, you were really close on the wins total, Orlando. 
they won 42 games last year. You picked them to win 41. Uh, Nate picked them to win 45. And I said, I'm totally in and picked them to win 48. <laughs> they weren't even close to that. Um, <laughs> they finished with the six seed. You and Nate both picked them to finish at the four seed. I picked them to finish second in the West. I think you said, we're all drinking the Kool-Aid right now. And we were, and we were wrong. <laughs> Man, they, they have hurt us. They really have hurt us. <laughs> yeah, these, these are ugly. Um, let's see. For exceeds expectations on the Blazers, you picked Gary Trent Jr. I think you can mark that as a win. Um, Nate picked Robert Covington. Sure. I picked Derek Jones Jr. Nope. Um, for not exceeding expectations, I picked Gary Trent Jr. I was wrong. You picked Harry Giles. I guess he did have some expectations coming in because he played well in preseason last year. He didn't really do much of anything. And Nate picked Rodney Hood, and I think he was right on that count. So with our Blazers picks, we were a little bit better. Not great, but definitely better. But with those, with just the NBA picks, champion MVP, et cetera, uh, we are 0 for 30 over the past two seasons and 4 for 45 over the past three. So maybe we should, maybe we should just stop doing this, man. We're not very good at it. <laughs> I, I, I hope that uh, the betters out there uh, are doing whatever the opposite is of what we say because yes. banking on us is going to hurt the pocketbook. <laughs> it's going to hurt the checking account. It's, it's not going to be good. That is very, very true. Oh, that's good, though. I, I really do en enjoy hearing that, uh, <laughs> you know, because it, it tends to be a mess. Uh, just like the Blazers TV deal, um, our, our <laughs> predictions are always right, right on target there. So At least we're consistent, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's that's. That's good stuff, you know. Uh, that that hurts, you know. I I, I wanted to to see your predictions go well, Jared, <laughs> they because that meant that meant we were covering a really good playoff team, and yeah, uh, yeah. That, I was I was really in on that team last year. Um, I you know picking Dame as MVP, you know, forty eight wins in that shortened season. That was a fifty five win pace in a regular season, mm -hmm. two seed in the West, and uh, they they just. They came up short. I mean, my expectations were way above most others, but, but yeah, I was way off. I have here on the paper as I was taking the notes, uh, listening to last year's podcast and marking down what we got right and got wrong much more often. Um, I wrote in big, big capital letters here at the end of uh, my note taking, oh no, oh and 15 again. <laughs> <laughs> I will say like the MVP that was a tough one to get. All these right. picks are really hard. Yeah, they are. they're all really hard, especially picking them before the season starts. Mm -hmm. and that's yeah, not we're, we're an going excuse, but I mean, you put anyone, no matter how much you know about the NBA, you're probably getting a really bad, you know, record on on something like this if you're making those picks before the season even begins. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I, I was a little mad at myself for for Rookie of the Year last year. You picked uh, Anthony Edwards. Yeah. Um, I just, I, sometimes you overthink these things too. But that was a good pick. Anthony Edwards it, yeah. had a good season. I don't think any mm -hmm. of us saw Lonzo being as good as he was. Or, and I'm sorry, not Lonzo, LaMelo. LaMelo, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, as I was putting my list together, I, I had him on there and, and that was my, you know, it, it's one of those things where you have your, your gut, you, you know, your, your yeah. initial pick and then you stray. Yeah. And it always happens. Like uh, anytime you start, 
you know, reading through other people's predictions and projections and you take into account other stuff, it's very difficult sometimes to stick to your guns. Right. <laughs> uh, especially when it's, you know, experts that are talking about the Detroit Pistons or, you know, the, the Houston Rockets or right. whatever, you know, it's like, okay, I, tr- I, I trust what I'm hearing here. The numbers say this and that and whatever. And so some of those pr- uh, predictions, you kick yourself afterwards when you hear them and you're like, ah, I would have just <laughs> stayed with it. But that's how it goes, man. That, that's how it goes. That's why you get, that's why we have these receipts. Yeah. Rookie of the year was pretty bad. I mean, Nate picked James Wiseman, which uh, made sense. I mean, a number two pick and, you know, he was going to play a lot in Golden State, but he, he was okay, but just didn't really have a fantastic rookie season. I went way out on a limb. Um, I picked Killian Hayes, who was going mm. to start at point guard for the Pistons. I thought he was going to have a good season. He, he got hurt and was not good before he got hurt. So, um, but yeah, just, I think you're right. I mean, I think it, the more research you do on this, the more you kind of get swayed in all these different directions. And um, this year, you know, as I was, as I was going through and making my picks, I, I tried to just go with gut only and, and not go and look and see what other people were picking or even really look at the odds and stuff like that. Just go with what I felt. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. It probably won't go much better, but, but it's fun. I mean, <laughs> that's the thing. It, it it's, is. it's all fun. It's, it's, we don't expect to do well with these, but it is, it's a lot of fun to, to hash all this stuff out before the season gets underway. And I think it creates an awesome conversation. Um, uh, I, I know I, I end up getting sucked into these, you know, um, nationally as well and on social media. And so this year I want to make sure after we do record this and, you know, we do make our predictions uh, to put it out on Twitter and see what other people are thinking. If, if you're brave enough to, to make some of these predictions, you don't have to do them all, but you know, if you've got your Blazers predictions, especially since that's yeah. really uh, what we're focused on and what our audience um, is here for primarily, uh, I would love to, to hear what you think, um, especially when we get into these blazer centric uh, predictions that are very specific. And we do, we do a lot of the same ones every year that we've done for the past few years now. So yeah, right. uh, that makes it a little bit, yeah. yeah, it makes it a little bit easier to follow. It's, it's obviously um, way more consistent, um, but would love to hear your predictions, whether that's, you know, the amount of wins the Blazers have, how, what they end up being seeding wise. Do they even make the playoffs? Um, and, and who are your guys that uh, exceed expectations? And, don't live up to the preseason hype that gets put on these guys. Uh, that is a lot of times unfair, but, yeah, but and if you happen. throw your picks our, our way, you know, after we publish this, if you, if you send those to us, keep an, keep an eye on that as the season goes on. If you, if your picks end up being awesome, you go ahead and send us your receipts next season and we will shout you out on the podcast. I like that. These kind of picks, they are really hard to make and they're really hard to nail. So if you do, mm-hmm. then let us know about it next season. We'll, we'll shout you out. Yeah, I, I, I like that. So I've got to remember after we, we get done with this, you know, we'll put out our, our, what our predictions were and, and see if anybody is down to put their name on it, so to yep, speak, and, right. and have some fun with it because uh, it was fun. It. it was fun as we did, uh, you know, guest rip it and seeing a lot of people participate in that that was a lot of fun uh and i really enjoyed when people got it right because i definitely heard a lot from a lot of people when they would (laughs) when they would nail it and i didn't hear so much from people when they didn't (laughs) (laughs) so uh, i'm looking forward to that so please uh, join the conversation this is totally meant to be a lot more interactive and and fun and not just jared and i you know um 
going over over 15 or whatever it'll be. <laughs> so you, you ready to do this, Jared? You ready to you ready to dive in, man? I, I'm as ready as I can be, man. <laughs> okay, so you you put these questions together. They're um awesome and and really help us get into to the trailblazer season. So number one is is you know multiple layers to this question. And it's the Blazers, they won 42 games during a shortened 2020-2021 season. It was the equivalent of 48 wins in a full season. They finished as the sixth seed in the West. How will the Blazers fare this season? How many wins are you rolling with? Do they make the playoffs? If so, what seed? And who else makes the playoffs in the Western Conference? And how do you rank them? So let's dive into the Blazers stuff first. And then we can go down uh, the West and, and see who you've got uh, making the playoffs, because that is a super stressful question. I struggle with the <laughs> league wide question all the time. Uh, similar to my notes from last year. Like it's just, I start off with my preliminary list and then it's just scratched out all over the place and there's <laughs> stuff moving all over and it's a hot mess. So we'll get into that a little bit later in the podcast. So make sure to stick around and we're going to have our, our, um, you know, league awards, our MVP, Rookie of the Year, Most Improved Player, Six Man, that's all coming up. So stick around for that, as well as, of course, the NBA champion. But, Jared, let's dive into the Blazers and your, your win total. Do they make the playoffs, man? Where, where do you see this season going with them? Last year I said I was totally in. You said we were all drinking the Kool-Aid, and you were <laughs> right. We were at that point. I am not all in this season. I think that that if you've listened to this podcast, that's probably clear. Um, I have a lot of concerns <laughs> about this team and, you know, it's not just like the way they finished last season and the, the bad playoff loss to the nuggets. It's not just the, the off season, which was a bit of a mess. It's, I think for me, it's, I can't keep expecting that what happens every season isn't going to continue to happen. And I'm not really even just talking about how, the Blazers win somewhere between, you know, 40 something and, you know, low fifties and, you know, lose in the first or second round of the playoffs. It's more about the injuries. I can't, I can't expect Yusuf Nurkic to go through an entire season without getting hurt. You know, now they have, they're bringing in, I like the Larry Nance Jr. edition, but mm -hmm. for all the good things he brings to the table, he's also a big injury risk. You know, Cody Zeller, I mean, every big man they have on the roster has extensive injury history and you know misses multiple games every season with injuries and so I have to factor that into the equation now I can't keep expecting that it's that that's not going to happen so because of that more than anything else that I just don't expect this team to be able to stay healthy and I still even though I like some of the moves they made I don't think that they have the depth to survive injuries to, to some of their main players especially some of their big men um, I'm going with 46 wins this season. Um, mm. Not a lot of wins. Uh, you know, it's a little bit more than I think that you see, you know, Vegas projecting, but it's, it's, you know, it's less wins than the, the pace they played at last season, even with the injuries. Um, I have them making the playoffs, but I have them as the seven seed. So I have them in the play-in and you never know what will happen in the play-in, but uh, I do not have the Blazers finishing in the top, half of the West or anything like that this year, I have 46 wins, uh, seven seed, you know, trying to get into the playoffs through the play-in. So that's, that's how I see this team right now. 
Woo. Jared, I'm, I'm so used to you being the, the optimistic silver lining with this team. So it's such a, it's such a change, you know, in, in perspective and, and how we do things, but you're right. I think that a lot of trailblazers fans have reached the point where you've got to prove it to me now where I've got to see it before I go all in again, because you've hurt me so much in the past few seasons. So I get that. Uh, normally I think I end up being on the lower end when we do these predictions, but surprisingly um, I'm a little higher than, than you on this team. It's not by much. And it's also, I don't think they got significantly worse and I don't think they got significantly better. I think they're right in that, that same area. Yes. There's, there's a new coach. There's um, some pieces that have changed, but Primarily, the, the, the starting lineup is the same that we saw last to end last year. Um, and they made some adjust, adjustments to bolster the bench in, in hopes that the defense will catch up to the offense a little bit. But with all of that said, I think I've got them make, I, of course, I've, I have them making the playoffs. I don't see them missing the playoffs. Although, you know, as much as they've had the streak going that they've bragged about, at some point, you're going to miss the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, just the, the, the numbers work, start to work against you just based on how many times in a row you, you make it. Um, so of, of course that, that was lingering in the back of my mind, but I, I do think this team will continue to make the playoffs because Damian Lillard is there. And when you have a player that's that talented, you almost get a pass into the playoffs um, or at least the play in uh, like you have them. So um, this team is, is, is a playoff team in my eyes. I'm going to roll with 44 wins. 44. 44 wins is, is where so I'm going to go. You have fewer wins than I do. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I, how many wins did you have? 46. 46. Okay. So I do have, I am going under you again. Okay. Um, sorry. I was, I was mixing up the, the two seasons. Um, I have them at, at 44 wins, but I do think that um, with the way this, this Western conference is, I think they're going to be top heavy. And then there's going to be a game or two like we've seen in the past, but more so this year where that five through nine is going to be, or or even 10 is going to be separated by one or two wins. And so I think they're going to be in that five to six seed range. Um, I, I, I want to say they, yeah, 44 wins and I'll put them, I'll put them as the five seed. So it's, I mean, I'll just say if, if they have 44 wins and that's good enough for the five seed, I will be surprised. Mm-hmm. I, I get what you're saying. And I agree with you that the West was probably going is going to be a little bit top heavy. And then a bunch of teams there in the middle are going to beat up on each other. But, mm-hmm. uh, but if, if they get 44 wins and, and come out of it with a five seed, that will be, they'll be very fortunate. Mm-hmm. And I, I think this is the trailblazers way. Yeah. This is who they are. Yeah, And we're going to be looking at the standings with heading into the final week with a number of options where they could land. Right. And I think last season. Yeah, exactly. And so I don't see that changing because this is a similar team that we saw a year ago. Yes. They've in theory gotten better defensively, but (laughs) the best ability is availability. We're going to find out how available these dudes really are. And the, um, that, for me, that's the big thing. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I understand the argument 
for why this team could be better. Like mm-hmm. last season's team, the starting lineup was outstanding, you know, by mm-hmm. the numbers. And then the bench just would give away the lead every time they came in. I mean, Carme- Carmelo Anthony and, and Ennis Cantor was not a good combination, and it, it really hurt the Blazers. So you can see how they let those two go. They replaced them with, you know, a, a player we all like in Larry Nance Jr. and some some good, you know, bench pieces like like Cody Zeller. But for me, it's that even though I understand kind of the argument there and and it makes sense, that only makes sense if this team stays healthy and that mm-hmm. we're banking on the change being basically Yusuf Nurkic being healthy and then swapping out Ennis Cantor and Carmelo Anthony for Larry Nance Jr. and Cody Zeller. And all three of those players ha- are, are injury prone. Mm-hmm. And so like, even if Nurk gets hurt, you're like, okay, so Cody Zeller can fill in and, and, and place and start at center. You know, Larry Nance Jr. can be a, you know, a, a small ball center, but what if one of those guys are hurt? And that's mm-hmm. where they don't have a lot of depth behind those three guys. And so that's why I just think that, I don't know. I understand the argument that a lot of people are making for why they're going to be better this season. But I just think for me, it still comes down to, this is still a roster full of injury prone players. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't see that changing. I mean, it happens every single year, you know, we're going through this with the Blazers. So until that changes, um, how can I, how can I expect it not to be the same this year? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I feel you on that. And I think the other thing too, because there's kind of layers or tiers to the storylines for and against this team and injuries is at the top of the list. But the other thing that I think is going to hurt their win total is going to be the growing pains. Mm, I just think there's, there's going to be a lot of adjustments, a lot of changes that are going to happen within this team. Some of it will be mitigated because the starters stay the same. But you're also implementing, you know, a new offense, a new defense, a new bench. How, how is all of this going to – how are they all going to mesh together? So I just think it's going to take time for them before we see them click. And I know the preseason is the preseason. We shouldn't take a lot out of it. But at the same time, there's still a ways to go with this team. Yeah. The, uh, just in terms of being competitive and being among these, these playoff teams that we're going to mention, they've got to figure some stuff out. And I think a lot of that is going to come playing games, you know, and, and the coaching staff making those adjustments and whatnot. So, yeah, I, I, I understand for and against. And I think based on their history, it's safer to go against than it is to go for. I think the way I've always done this in years past was I tried to take what's the best case scenario and then kind of tailor my expectations and my predictions around that. And I'm just, I'm done with that. Like Mm -hmm. it's it's time to start being realistic and not thinking that, you know, everything is going to work out in the best possible way it could, because Mm -hmm. it it has not, that hasn't been the case for the Blazers. So I got to go with the realistic viewpoint and that's, that's why I have them kind of having a, you know, not a great season. Mm-hmm. And I will say, you know, if, if they're in the play in, they're in trouble. You know, yeah. this is, this is a, a sad ending to potentially the Damian Lillard era. If that, if that's the case, um, it, it, that could 
totally be in, in play as you know, this off season has told us. So uh, there's so much riding on this season that I think from, from the vets that are out there, uh, we're going to see a lot more urgency. And um, I think that also plays into it as well. So I'm very intrigued by this season. There's, there's an underlying, you know, storyline, a, a major storyline that will be brewing throughout this regular season, but the bottom line will be what they do when they get to the playoffs. So whether they're the three seed or the, or the nine seed, it's what they do when they get there. That's ultimately going to matter with this team because regular season success, the amount of wins they get, it doesn't mean Jack. It, it really doesn't. It all, it, it all, it all lands in what they do in the playoffs. And so, you know, the more wins you get in the regular season, the better you position yourself in the playoffs. We know all know what it means, but at the end of the day, it's going to be who they get matched up with. Can they win that matchup? Can they advance enough to make Damian Lillard feel good about what they did this year and what the future holds here in Portland? Because even though Dame has said, I like what we did, I recognize the urgency that is happening within this front office. It's all about results, baby. And Damian Lillard knows that the clock is ticking on his prime. And there are only so many prime Lillard seasons remaining to be a legitimate contender for a championship. And as it stands right now, they haven't been outside of, you know, one year where they make that beautiful run to the Western conference finals. So it's going to come down to the playoffs and you want to give yourself the best opportunity you can in the playoffs. And that's where we're at right now. So that's that whether or not, they want to talk about it. This is going to be an underlying underlying theme for the remainder of the season and likely Damian Lillard's career in Portland yeah. until they reach a certain point uh, of playoff success where we can drop it. But that's going to be in the back of our minds. It's going to be in the back of fans' minds. It's going to be there. So the pressure is on for this team. And, you know, 41 wins or 44 wins or whatever, uh, that doesn't bode well. No. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't imagine if the Blazers have another mediocre season and exit in the first round of the playoffs again, that Damian Lillard is going to be happy enough to stick around in Portland. I, I know that he's saying all the the right things now and, um, but all in on this season. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think that he is all in on this season, but if this season ends up being just like every other season, except for the one Western conference finals run. I mean, he's, it, it just seems inconceivable that he wouldn't see the writing on the wall and want to, at this stage in his career, go somewhere where he has a legitimate chance at winning a title. Can so you blame Blazers, him? No, not at all. Mm-hmm. And the Blazers have this season to show him that like, at least, you know, we're on the right path. I mean, I still think it's Western conference finals is probably the only thing that would get him to feel like a, a championship is within reach. Anything but beyond I mean, below that, I, I I just don't know. It, mm. This summer was too weird. Um, he was wishy washy for too much of the the summer for me to think that that's just a thing of the past and isn't gonna, you know, happen again um, if things stay the same here in Portland. So, looking forward to it. Uh, super steamy. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's definitely going to be something to follow um, when they have major win streaks when they have major losing streaks. Yeah. 
this is going to be in the back of everyone's minds. So, and it's going to be a topic that's going to come up throughout the season, even here on the podcast. So we'll see how, how the weather changes here in Portland <laughs> throughout the year. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to this, this two-part question. It's a, it's another well, one really of the tough quick, ones. Before we get to that one, I, I did want to hear how you have the West finishing. Ah, yes. Yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm jumping ahead. I, I, I want to keep going with the Blazers here. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. So um, I'll start this off. Like I said, man, I hate I hate doing this one. There's there's two questions on our previews that I hate doing. This is one of them. Uh, the second one we'll get to in, in a little bit here. Uh, but I'm going to say the, the regular season champions who have mastered the regular season and just can't figure out how to put it together uh, in the playoffs is the Utah Jazz. Uh, I like them at the top of the West. Um, number in, in my number two spot, uh, they were awesome in the playoffs. Uh, I, I love what, what they've done. Can the question is, can Chris Paul be there? Can he be there for them all year long? Um, but I, I can't really doubt them right now. They, they, they were so good. They, they figured it out. They've got something beautiful brewing in the desert. Give me the Phoenix suns number two. And then now things start to get a little more interesting. I, I think you can start to, you can start to have some doubts creep in as we start to go further and further down this list. But for now, I'm going to take the Lakers. I'm going to give the Lakers a three spot. Um, it's still LeBron James at the end of the day. He's super motivated. Hashtag super washed. Uh, you know, he's, <laughs> he's hurt all, all the doubters. I think there's going to be a lot of motivation there for him. Um, let's see how well they can click together with the changes that were made this offseason, bringing in Russell Westbrook. Um, but they still, in my eyes, have one of the, the best players in the NBA, not named LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And if he is healthy, uh, those two dudes together are an automatic threat in my eyes. Um, so those are my top three. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. <laughs> uh, that's, when things, <laughs> that's when things start to get scratched out, crossed yeah. out, and, and I start arguing with myself internally. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rip through these because I want to hear what you think as well. And we can kind of have a discussion there um, if, if you want. But number four, I'm going to go with the Nuggets. Um, I know that obviously Murray is not with this team right now. And that obviously plays into it, have it be, being without your second best player. But I really like what they do. They're always a tough out, especially at home. I feel like those wins a mile high are almost an automatic thing for them in the regular season. Um, number five, I, I, um, we're going to commit with the Blazers there at number five. Um, although I've had arrows pointing in all directions from five through seven, um, but, but we're going to commit with five with the Blazers. We're going to go six with the Mavericks, seven with the Warriors, eight Grizzlies, nine Clippers, 10 Pelicans. Pelicans. All right. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, ours aren't too dissimilar. Um, I, I went back and forth on, on how high I wanted to put the Lakers because mm -hmm. I do think I have a lot of concerns about them. Obviously, injuries are a big issue with the Lakers. They always are. Um, you know, most of the moves they made this season were for, you know, older veterans, which could be good, but could also, you know, hurt them. Um, but I still think the Lakers... 
I think that they're kind of on a mission this year because they were embarrassed by last season, you know, falling into the play-in, uh, you know, not being performing well in the playoffs. I, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I have the Lakers number one. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, that's where I'm putting them. I have the Jazz too. Uh, I do think that in the regular season, they are a really tough team to contend with. I, th- I have the Suns three because I think they're for real. Um, like mm-hmm. you, it's, it really does come down to Chris Paul. He is their leader, but he showed so much last season. Um, I, I'm going to have them three. I have the Mavericks four. Mm. And the reason I put the Mavericks up that high is because I think that Luca is going to reach an even higher level this season. Um, I think that last season they got off to a terrible start um, and then played really well in the last two thirds of the season. So I think that they're going to play well all season long. So I have them four. I have the Warriors five. Um, the Warriors are a tough one to to pin down because who knows what Clay Thompson's going to give them? Who knows, you know, what their young players are going to give them? They're going to have to play those young guys. Um, Draymond Green is a year older, but you know they're still the Warriors. They still have a ton of talent. I have the Nuggets six because I do think that Jamal Murray injury is a big deal. Not, not a big enough deal to knock them out of the playoffs or anything like that, but maybe knock them down a, a spot or two in the West standings. Obviously, I have the Blazers seven. I have the Grizzlies finishing eighth. I really like the Grizzlies. I think that they, uh, you know, they showed a lot last season. Um, yep. Jaron Jackson Jr. should be fully healthy this season. I think that the, the Grizzlies are going to be good. I have the Clippers ninth just because they're going to be playing without Kawhi. I think that they do have depth and Paul George is a good player, but I still think that, you know, being without their, you know, best player is going to, to knock them down a few notches. And then I have the Kings finishing 10th and it could have been the Kings. It could have been the Pelicans. Um, I don't think any of the other teams, I don't anticipate any of the other ones rising up, but, um, but I went with the Kings. I, I, I do think they have some decent talent and, you know, you could, you know, last year, the team that finished 10th had 33 wins. So, you don't necessarily have to be a really good team to finish in that 10 spot. And I think the Kings are, are good enough to, to be there. Mavericks, dude. Uh, I, I love that conversation with, with the Mavericks because I struggled with, with them. I really did on, on where exactly to put them in terms of at the top of that next tier. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, as you know, I mean, I was super high on Luca last year going into the season. And when I saw him, you know, kill it, uh, it, it, it came as no surprise, um, a legitimate MVP contender. You've seen his usage rate, especially in the, in the postseason. man, like that dude just does it all. And then seeing what he did in the Olympics too, was just, yep. I mean, this man is here. I mean, we all knew he had arrived, but th- it is going to be his league at some point. He is just an amazing player. And so that's what made it so tough. Like th- with all the off season turmoil that the Mavericks had, like, will Porzingis ever be healthy? Right. New coach, like all of these things, like they have, they're very similar in some ways to the Trailblazers. Yeah, totally. You know, you know uh, what they, you know, will their offense be a little bit better? Can they defend? Like, there's a lot of similarities there. Um, so they're going to be a fun team to watch, even if as a Blazers fan, because that's going to be one of those teams that you're going to be hunting, yeah. that you're going to be battling with. So, I like the the Mavericks discussion. I really do. And so, yeah, I, I have I originally had them four, crossed them out, and um, had to drop them to six. But I, I am mad at that. I mean, our picks are pretty 
pretty similar. Uh, let's see what the Lakers do, you know, because I, I, on one hand, I do see the motivation there to want to play out an entire season. And then the other side of me goes, how much do they really care about the regular season versus the playoffs? I don't know. We're going to see, but they, they have the, they have the dudes to be in that conversation. No doubt. Jared, are you, are you ready to move on? Yep. I am. All right. Here's the two part question, man. Back to the blazers. Which Blazers player do you think will exceed expectations this season? And which Blazers player do you think won't live up to expectations this season? Is this one of the other questions that you don't like? 100%. (laughs) I hate the the latter of this (laughs) especially, but it's got to be done. It's, It's part, it's what we do, man. See, I have a harder time with the exceeds expectations one. Because it's tough because Blazers fans hype up their own players so much. <laughs> and so it's really hard. I mean, we, we went through this last year too. It's like you wanted to pick someone like Rocco, but like expectations were already so high for him with, you know, what would he actually have to do to exceed expectations? Right. And I ran into the same thing this year. I think I, I went with Larry Nance Jr. Because mm. I think the expectations are pretty high for him. But I think a lot of fans see him as a, he's a good a glue player, a guy who's going to come in and, you know, just kind of fit in, you know, the way he's supposed to kind of like uh, Robert Cummington did. I just think he's going to be even more integral to this team in so many ways than that. Um, I think that, as we know, the Blazers have injury issues, especially with big men. I think that he's going to have to fill uh, bigger and more varied roles because of that. I think that he's going to play a big role as a small ball center and small ball lineups. Um, I think that he is going to be a really important defender. I think alongside Robert Covington, that those two are going to be a really good duo uh, defensively. I think that he's going to open up things for the Blazers offense and being able to kind of play a Draymond green light role in the offense. Um, I think Larry Nance jr. Is going to be a, he already is a fan favorite. You know, fans are going to love him. Like the media is going to love him the way he, is in interviews. So I think that like as high as expectations are for Larry Nance. And again, I'm kind of hedging on him, not missing a lot of games this year and hoping that that's the case. I think that he's going to be even better and even more important to the Blazers than fans even think he is going to be right now. So I went with Larry Nance jr. I like that. Um, The, the impact that he's going to have on this team, if healthy is significant. Yeah. It is a, if healthy, that is a, a, a major deal. It's league wide. I I believe the GM survey that they do, he was, you know, I believe rated signing most underrated signing. And that's because, you know, what you think of him, you know, when you see him as a dunker or, you know, for those that actually are watching the game, just that, that role player, that nice glue guy. Um, but yeah, he's, if healthy is going to be a major reason why this team has success because he's going to do, he's going to fill a lot of those roles that have been missing here, uh, last season. So I respect that and, and seriously considered going that route, but I'm going to go for this one. I'm going to go with CJ McCollum. Okay. I think he's heard as much as you can as much as he's heard in his career about him being traded 
about, uh, you know, you couple that with the way things ended last year and him having a playoff performance that is below what fans and himself are used to seeing at him. I think that has fueled him. I think that he is going to embrace this type of pressure and I think it's going to make him a better player. And I think we're going to see the CJ that we saw at the beginning of last season that really came out into his own that had he been healthy for a longer stretch of time would have been a serious consideration for all-star because this team would have won a lot more games. And so as important as, as Damian Lillard is to this team and as, as big of a deal as Yusuf Nurkic's role and availability will be, I don't think that there's anyone else on this team that's going to, to impact this team the way that CJ McCollum does. And I think that he's going to take a lot of pride in being a better defender. I think he's going to be, take a lot of pride in, in making things difficult on, on other teams. Um, on the other end, I expect him to have the most mileage again. Um, I think that he's embraced the criticism and is willing to do what it takes to win. And I think he's going to flourish because of it. So I'm going to roll with, with CJ just based on all the things that are, that are out there to motivate him. Uh, I, I, I think he's going to be the dude this year. I like that pick a lot. And if he is the CJ McCollum, we saw beginning of the season last year before he got hurt, that changes a lot of things for the Blazers. You know, he can elevate this team a little bit higher playing at that level than, you know, his standard, you know, very good level that he's played through throughout his career. Um, I also liked what you said about that. He is going to take pride in being a better defender this year. And I think that if it, that if anyone can respond to a coach holding them accountable, it, it's CJ. I think that he is going to thrive with that kind of, direction from his coach and I think that CJ showed some strides last season of being a better defender and I think that if he can establish himself as a good defender this season uh, that will go a long way towards not only helping the way he's perceived around the league but also helping the Blazers improve in the area they need to improve most which is defense so that's that's an that's a good interesting pick and you know I, I think back to when he was on that tear at the beginning of last season, Jared, and you brought, you brought this up in terms of his stats and his numbers and, and defensively, right? Because his, his reputation is that he's just a trash defender. And the numbers at that point showed that he had made some significant strides defensively and wasn't that complete liability that I think you automatically get when when you build a reputation you know whether that's you're a good shooter or you can't get things done off the bounce or whatever it is like players get boxed into these certain roles and i found that to be one of the more interesting things that happened early on in the season because i i knew his offense would be there i mean he's just such a savvy player uh, offensively but it was what he was doing defensively during that span where you saw it not just watching the highlights, but in the numbers that the analytics were backing it up that uh, he wasn't a liability out there. There are a lot of metrics from last season, not only in that beginning stretch, but, you know, 
season long statistics that show that last season CJ was a very good defender. Um, whether that passes the eyeball test, I don't know. Different people have different opinions on that, but certainly there are a lot of metrics that show that CJ was was well above average as a defensive player last season. Um, so we'll see we'll see what he's able to do this season. I mean, the 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 pressure is on both Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum to step up and do their part on defense to help make this team a better defensive squad. All right, Jared, let's go on to the second part of this question. Which Blazers player do you think won't live up to expectations this season? For me, it's Yusuf Nurkic, and it's not because I doubt Yusuf Nurkic's talent. I think he's an excellent player. When he is right and healthy and playing at, at the best of his ability, he makes the Blazers a much better team, a very, very good team. But I think that expectations for Nurkic this season, both his own expectations and I think fan expectations because of what we've read about the way he's responded to the new coach are pretty high. And I think that in my mind, I think that we're probably still, I fear that Nurkic is going to get hurt or that Nurkic will have issues with foul trouble or that if everything, if he's not, getting as large a role on offense as he expects or wants, or if, you know, he's, you know, the Blazers are playing this brand of defense that he's asked for, but the results aren't there, or he's getting blamed for any of the defensive issues. Um, I think all of those things could pop up this, this season. And I think it could cause him to just get in his own head and, and not be, exactly where he wants to be with this season. So I think that expectations are so high for him for this season. But for me, I just kind of look at the track record over the past few seasons. And I think that Nurkic is going to continue to be a very talented player who makes the Blazers much better when he's on the court, but ultimately a player who has a lot, a really hard time staying on the court and can sometimes get upset when things aren't going the way he wants them to. And I think that I don't think this season's going to be any different. Man, it was clear as day during the playoffs the significance that he plays in the results of games. Yeah. And when he wasn't out there, they lost. When he was out there, they won. Or were competitive or winning. And foul trouble, injuries, take your pick. That was such a huge issue for the playoffs, especially. And, you know, in his career, he's had, he's had some injuries that have kept him on the sidelines that have impacted how well this team plays. And not only that, but you're spending, you're having to click after missing so much time. Right. You know, there's not this natural buildup to it because you're like, well, this isn't our team. Right now, this isn't what our when we're at full strength, this is not what we're going to be. Well, when you finally get everyone back on the same page, it's at the end of the year and you're asked to just kick it into overdrive there. So and and I will say that a lot of these expectations are Mm self-inflicted like he wants. He's welcomed this. He wants this from the way that last year ended and, and him being so mad with the coaching staff and upset about his role on the team wanting to be more involved like that was that was out of his mouth and so when 
they hire Chauncey Billups and Billups says, okay, we're, you know, we want to, we want to work around Nurk. We want to play through Nurk. Now Nurk is going to get what he wants. It's just, that is a full plate after not being able to, to be on the court for a, a couple of different reasons. So he's taking it seriously. You know, he looks good, right? All the stuff we hear at the beginning of the year, but we've got to see it. It's a see it to believe it type of, of deal, as we've said uh, at the beginning of this podcast with Nurkic. So I, that's, that's a really good pick. And it's one that, that I seriously considered um, that was up there just because if, if we're talking about your main guys, your top guys, I think Nurkic is the answer because of those expectations. They're so high yeah, uh, that it's going to be really tough to meet. I'm not saying he can't. But he's got to prove it first because when he puts it together, this this team is great, man. This team presents so many problems, and uh, it's it's a lot of fun to watch him as a passer. Like we, he's a brick wall, such a good screener, and uh, they're now asking him to, you know, not just drop on defense. Like there's just there's a lot that's happening that that I struggle with, but just to be different, and I, I answered the similar. And it is a little bit of a cop-out in terms of, you know, role players. Um, but just the way this offseason has been and storylines, and maybe um, I've got tunnel vision on this, but just the amount of hype and talk around uh, Nasir Little, I yep. think is going to be tough for this dude to be able to live up to that unfairly. You know, whereas Nurkic, it's like Nurkic wants this. He's asked for this. Um, it's now expected. It was one of the reasons why he hated the last coaching staff. All of that plays into it with Nurkic. Whereas with Nasir Little, you know, he's like, I, I, I want to just be, a, I want to be a part of this team. I'm working my hardest to prove that I belong. And, you know, the Blazers signing him, but seeing, you know, the, the talk around Rip City about him, the preseason buzz, uh, even last season a lot and being like, why aren't we going to Nasir Little? Why isn't he uh, have more playing time? I think it's going to be really tough for him to break into that if Chauncey decides to go with eight-player rotation. Where does he fit in there? Who are you taking out and, and placing him in there? I think he can be a good, you know, impactful player for this team, but I think we need to walk before we run. Yeah, And that's, that's where we're at with Nasir Little. That's how I felt with this question in years of the past where – it's, it takes guys time. Very rarely do you get a dude who immediately comes in and imposes his will and establishes himself as that seventh or eighth player off the bench. So I think Nasir Little is making strides. Clearly, he's becoming more comfortable as an NBA player and as a role player, and we're going to see him get more minutes, and I think Chauncey is going to give him those opportunities early but I think it's going to be tough for him to beat out some of these other veterans um, unless injuries happen and he's able to work his way through and get some significant playing time the way he did a couple seasons ago, you know, where we didn't expect to see him at all. And all of a sudden uh, he's playing. So I think a lot of things have to fall his way in order for him to get that opportunity where he is a, a regular. Um, so that's where I'm at with, with Nasir Little. I think he's going to get there. I just don't think it's going to be as fast as everyone wants it to be. I agree with you because I think that 
I think that he probably slots in as a ninth man at best, mm-hmm. um, I mean, barring injuries. And if you're the ninth man in rotation where you have a, a lot of players in the starting lineup playing heavy minutes, um, I think that you're looking at 15 to 17 minutes max. And I just don't know if you can really live up to the expectations that, that are there for him among the fan base this season when you're playing that infrequently. And I think that even as a, you know, the ninth man in rotation, there are nights where you won't play at all. Um, and so it's hard to get into a rhythm that way. So I agree with you. I felt that way um, since a lot of the, the talk about, you know, how he's due for a breakout season started. Um, going back to Nurkic, and it's kind of, I think that I'm a little concerned about the, and maybe he does this on his own, but doesn't share this with the media. That it could very well be the case, but I'm, I'm concerned about the lack of self-reflection, like what I've seen from him, both at the end of last season and, 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 you know, through the off season. And now uh, with, you know, the things he said about his relationship with, with Chauncey Billups is it seems like he's put a lot of blame on everything that has gone wrong for him and for the team on the way the coaching staff uh, operated and the way they used him. And I think that there's probably some truth to that for sure. But I also think that I've never heard him talk about how he was unable to stay out of foul trouble in the playoffs last season against the Nuggets. I have heard him say that, or I've, I've heard it said that he was upset that he was put on an island to defend Jokic, that that was the Blazers game plan and he didn't agree with that game plan. And that was, it was too hard to stay out of foul trouble doing that. And I can see that point, but there were also points in that series where he was able to stay out of foul trouble all throughout the first half of a game. And then would quick, would pick up three or four quick fouls in the second half, you know, a, a handful of them that were, were dumb fouls. And I would love to see a little bit of reflection from Nurk about that to feel more confident about him being able to accept, not accept, but like take this larger role, you know, that, that he's been told he's going to have with Chauncey Billups and be able to really run with it and thrive. Um, and so, you know, there's just a lot of, I, I, I have a lot of unease about, about Nurkic in this season and um, we'll just see how it goes. That was their last game of the season right there. You know, yeah. that was the last time we saw him. Yep. And the one thing I can say is that, you know, everyone is motivated differently yeah. and we're going to find out how much he's motivated by a contract year. Yeah. And that could what, play in his what are you willing to do? It could hurt him. It could. So You're right. He could be because so you tend concerned to, you, about that, that, it, you know, it's not as much about the team and it's more about his individual stats and, and what he's setting up for his future payday. So it can be, it can definitely be a help or it can be a hindrance. Yeah. You can press. You can press too much. Yeah. Uh, you, you get out of character because you want to do so well. You want, you want, you want to, you're, uh, it's a little too much, you know, you're, you're doing too much. And um, that can be easy to do, especially when there's a little more pressure on you to secure the bag. Um, yes. If you're motivated, if, if that's one of your main motivations, you know, each player is different in, in personality or whatever. So I think we'll learn a lot more about Yusuf Nurkic this year um, and how he handles uh, these different roles and how he handles this season as a whole, uh, knowing what's on the line and what's waiting for him and also satisfying one of his best friends and Damian Lillard, you know, and wanting to continue this. So there's a lot of motivating factors for Nurk to play well, but he's got to prove it, you know, and it, and I think a part of that also is accepting, okay, maybe I do need to 
take a step back with what I'm asking for, what, what my role is. Maybe the team needs me to be a stopper. This team needs me on defense more than anything. So I need to be available. I need to be on the floor. I can't pick up back-to-back fouls. You know, right. I, I've got to set really good screens. I, I can't get, I can't pick up fouls on the offensive end. You know, like I think there's a lot of those discussions that, that he's got to have internally um, in order to embrace everything that he's asked for now. And it, it's going to get real. We're going to see what he's made of, but there's no doubt when he's on, man, that dude is a factor. And he makes this, this team makes this team so good. So I like, I like the answers. I like that uh, we were a little bit different because it, it made way for a lengthier discussion longer than I thought we were going to go with, with a couple of these. Um, I was a little bit concerned that we were going to pick some of the same guys. So uh, <laughs> super, super dope on, on that. So you ready to move on to our final segment here? Yes, I am. All right. Number three, championship and awards time. Which team hoists the Larry O'Brien trophy at the end of the year? Who wins the MVP, rookie of the year, most improved player, and your sixth man of the year award. Yeah, let's just go through these one at a time. Right. Who do you have Orlando winning the championship? Dude, uh, I have a hard time picking against them. I saw what they were without their guys being at full strength, without even having their quote-unquote big three. I think the Brooklyn Nets are the team to beat, man. Uh, they are so good. They are so good. They had... They, they took the eventual champs down to the wire. Yeah. Uh, and it shows you just how good, if you can have your, you know, your top two be at the status that their top two are. And mind you, this was, this was without Harden being at, at full yeah, strength. He wasn't 100% at all. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm just blown away with how good they can be. Obviously, the, the, the major theme as as it goes for this pod and many of the, the preseason stuff is health. And yeah. that's going to impact a large chunk of this Western conference. Uh, there's still so many questions with, you know, the nuggets with uh, the warriors with now the nets, like there's just so many different teams in this mix that are going to have to stay healthy who have a history, not just going in, but have a history with guys that are banged up already. Uh, that, that are going to have to get right in order to be the team that we think they're going to be. But with all of that said, I think the, the Brooklyn Nets are the favorites. They should be. Uh, they have the most uh, talent at the top. So I'm going to go with the Brooklyn Nets. We are on the same page. Um, I, mean, I, I do wonder how the, the Kyrie drama is going to impact the Nets and how long mm-hmm. that will last and what the resolution for all that will be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm with you. I think that the Nets have far more talent than any other team in the NBA. And even if they just have two of those players healthy, I don't think any other team can, can compete with them. I don't. And, and they have a ton of depth too. Mm-hmm, they do. Just that they have these, you know, great players at the top. They have a really talented roster from top to bottom. Um, the way that that team has been built is impressive. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think that the Nets are the clear favorite. So I'm going with them too. Yeah, they're they're built for this year. Yeah. Like this was this was all leading up to this moment. So yeah. And and the Kyrie stuff hopefully resolves in the near future. But even even if it doesn't, man, I I still I don't think it's going to be that much of a reason to change my pick to 
the Bucks. You know. Yeah. yeah. If it was right, a different one of the big three that was potentially not going to be able to play, I might feel differently. If it was Durant or Harden, but I think that Kyrie Irving is outstanding of a player as he is is the most. Um, man, I, it, it sounds horrible to say the most replaceable of those three players with mm-hmm. the depth they have. And so I think that they can overcome whatever the Kyrie situation is. You're like, it's almost not fair how, yeah. how good that roster is, you know, and, and, and the depth that they have, that they just, they've, they've found pieces uh, that complement these dudes. Yeah. So they're going to be just really tough to beat, man. So, yeah, I, I like that. All right, Jared, let's, let's, since, since there's a consensus on this one, what do you think about MVP? Who's your NBA MVP? So I am sticking with the same team. I am going with Kevin Durant. Um, what he showed me in the Olympics um, was unbelievable. I think that hopefully he stays healthy all year. If the Nets are as good as we expect them to be, he's going to put up phenomenal numbers. I think he's the best player on the planet right now. Um, so I think that I'm going to go with Kevin Durant. Dude, as, as bad as I want to go against you just to, for the sake of mentioning someone else, um, you know, my – my second place vote would have went to Luca. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I thought he would, would have gotten it last year. I, I'm not mad at the Joker. I think the Joker <laughs> was, was the MVP. I'm cool with that. Uh, Luca's going to be in the discussion, but I do think you're right with the way you, you described Kevin Durant as the best player in the world. And that's, that's tough for me to say, because I've been a, a LeBron is the best, yeah. like get out of here with that um, discussion. But I do think we, we are we are seeing a, a changing of the guard where LeBron is more focused on what it's going to take to, to win as a facilitator, as a leader, as a like the a lot of the other intangibles. Like he can go get you a bucket if you need him to, whatever. Whereas Kevin Durant, it's takeover mode. And I think we're gonna see that uh, from him when it's like, ah, the the Nets are down 10 with two minutes to play, and then just a barrage of KD. And so I think that's where we're at. And, and maybe part of it is the recency bias of the Olympics. Could be. That, that um, I automatically turn to these two guys. But man, like seeing that, seeing the performances that they put together, like there was no doubt in my mind who the guy was for Team USA. Yeah. And so I'm with you as much as I like going against so that maybe one of us can get this answer right, <laughs> right. <laughs> when we go back and look at this a year from now, like maybe one of us gets it. I'm going to go with Kevin Durant as well. Yeah. I mean, this year it's all about just going with my gut and we'll see how it, we'll see if we finish over 10 or if we actually, you know, get on the scoreboard <laughs> this time. <laughs> all right, man, let, let's move on to rookie of the year. Who you got? Uh, I have Jalen green of the Rockets and, for me, it came down to him or Cade Cunningham. I think it, Cade Cunningham is hurt right now, so I don't know how that's going to play out and, you know, if he's how much he's going to play. I mean, I have no idea. Um, it's so hard to know how serious any, any injury is in the NBA sometimes. Um, so because of that, I think Jalen Green's going to put up outstanding stats with the Rockets. He's going to get all the playing time he can get. He's going to be a huge part of that offense. I think he's a very good player, so I'm going to go with Jalen Green. Yeah, man, I agree with what you're saying in terms of this is a two-man race. Yeah. Uh, at least in the preseason. Someone will emerge and, and impress right. us. 
they always they always do. But the reason why this is really a, a two man race is because it no, usually comes down to usage and right. ha- how much opportunity are you getting? And these two guys are going to have a lot of opportunities. They're going to have the ball in their hands quite a bit. Right. You know, uh, Cunningham probably has better role play, better guys around him. So he may not be asked to do as much. Jalen Green is a stud. Uh, so I, I went back and forth with this one as well. Um, I actually, before you and I got on the podcast, I was watching summer league highlights from both of them. Like that's yeah. what I was doing. Cause yeah. I was just like, these dudes are special. Like they're yeah. just a lot of fun to watch. Um, and so I, I really can't get mad at either, at either way. I'll take the number one draft pick. I'll take Cape Cunningham. Um, and it's for uh, those reasons that I just mentioned, he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. He's going to have opportunities. He's going to score points. He's going to get assists. Yep. Um, so I, I, I like both of them, but I'm going to go Cunningham on this one. That sounds good to me. I'm glad that we uh, <laughs> that we were able to swerve here a little bit and not be <laughs> uh, the same on every single pick. Yeah. On my, on my list here, I wrote Rookie of the Year, Cade Cunningham, and then in parentheses, Jalen Green. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, whoever Jared doesn't pick. <laughs> it's, it's like my 1A, 1B. Like Cunningham is, it was, before we got on here and talked, was my 1A. But yeah. Jalen Green, 1B is, I mean, the dude is a stud. I, yeah. I enjoyed watching him, man. And it was just all, like so many of his step backs, like just this, this patented hand in your face, all net. A lot of fun to watch, man. So I think uh, it's fun when you have two really good rookies like this at the top of your class because like that are so good that when you have these two teams play each other during the regular season, it's kind of appointment viewing. Um, yeah. I, I think those two players are special and either one of them could, could walk away with that hardware. All right, dude. Now we're going to dive into the weeds a little more for these, yeah, these ones. ones are a little more tough. Yeah. Because you're, it's a, it's a total crap shoot, uh, especially with this one. Let's go with um, most improved player, Jared, who are you rolling with? Um, so I'm going with Jaron Jackson Jr. Ah. The Grizzlies. Oh, no. Ah. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, yeah. I mean, it just, to me, it actually, you never know how this is going to play out. I mean, who would have known that Julius Randle would win it last year, but because he was injured for a lot of last season, um, wasn't quite as good as you expected it to be when he came back. So his stats weren't outstanding last year. He's should be healthy this season. I think that he's going to, have a really good year. I just think that he's kind of a shoe in for that award. If he plays the way we expected. Um, I also considered who we picked last year, Michael Porter jr. But I think that he maybe had too good of a season last year. Um, so, so I'm going to Sharon Jackson jr. And I have a feeling that we're, uh, <laughs> we're making yeah. the same pick again. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we're going to waste a whole lot of time on this one, but folks, I promise you, Jared and I uh, didn't talk about this. I had no idea what he's going with. I will remind um, you that you said last year, if all of us pick the same thing, it's usually not a trouble. good sign. <laughs> we're in trouble, brother. We are in total trouble here. But yeah, uh, and maybe it is a little more obvious in terms of the path yeah. to get here for Jaron Jackson Jr. Because, you know, he was hurt and we've seen what he can do when healthy. They've been hyping him up. Um, you know, his teammates are, are big believers in him. Um, he has the ability to put up big numbers. And when you look at the stats uh, and you see a jump in numbers or you see this consistently big, you know, points per game type of um, output, 
it's easy to to put them at the top of the list. So yeah, Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, I, I I like that you you brought up Porter, and I do agree that I feel like the cat's out of the bag a little bit with him. So it's not going to come as quite. I mean, he quite almost this- averaged twenty a game last year. It's like how much how much yeah. can he get? Yeah, the other dude that I I had mentioned on on the list was um, Chris Boucher. I like that. Uh, I, I, I like what he does. Obviously, as a former Oregon Duck, yep. I still think back to uh, his college days here, and if he would have been healthy, they, they probably win a national championship uh, at Oregon. Um, but I like what he does. He's, he's such a versatile player, a shooter who can you know, also do a few different things. So he was a, kind of my fun pick for that award um, if I picked a, a second one. But I'm going to go Jaron Jackson Jr. on this one. Okay. We've got one left. Why don't you go first? <laughs> Let me know who you got for six man of the year. All right. This one, not quite as, um, as I guess out there, you know, um, this award kind of ends up going to a few different players. I believe we joked around at it being the uh, Lou Williams <laughs> right. award for, for quite some time. But for this one, I think we're going to go back to back and I'm going to give it to Jordan Clarkson since, you know, Utah was my top team. Um, I think you've got to have certain guys that get recognized uh, for these awards. And, and for that reason, I'm going to go Jordan Clarkson. But if I had to make a fun pick, if I was, was going to go out there, um, I like what the Bulls did this offseason. And so I was like, I, I want a Chicago Bull. Who should I go with? And I was like, well, this would be a lot of fun if it works out. So I'll take Alex Caruso. So you are going with Caruso or no? No, Jordan Clarkson okay, is my okay. pick. But I'm just throwing another one out there. No, I like uh, that for, one. for fun. I was trying to think like which bull that they went and acquired is not going to start. Yeah, uh, Caruso, that's a nice pick. Yeah, I'm going with uh, Clarkson too. I, I think that it's really hard to pick against him because he's going to have the exact same role as he had last season. You know exactly what he does and what he can nope. do. And so I don't see any reason why he wouldn't win it again. I mean, it's kind of like how Lou Williams had a, you know, a hold on this award for a few years. And I think that Clarkson might be in the same boat now. So out of those, uh, out of those five picks, we were the same <laughs> on four out of the five. We'll see how that plays out for us. <laughs> well, not good, man. Not no. good. <laughs> Breaking news. This is not going to end well for us. <laughs> That's all right. It's all good. It's all fun. Oh, uh, but it's, it's, it's I, I love it because it's like you're switching gears officially into the yeah. NBA season. Yeah. Uh, so this makes it super dope, super fun. And like we mentioned at the top of this podcast, if, if you're still listening, of course, you know, subscribe to the pod, let people know about this podcast. Um, we've been doing it for a few years now and we've, we've seen the love and support over the, over the years and we appreciate you. And, and hopefully we can continue to make this podcast grow and, and, and spread across the world, um, especially for Blazers fans who can't be with us uh, in Portland or at, or at games. I know they turn to us a lot and that's been, that's been really cool um, over the years to hear from fans that are not living in the U S even, you know, but aren't in, in the Portland area. So that's been a, a real big surprise and a reminder at, at how big and powerful the, the NBA is. Um, and it's fans are, are all over the place. So make sure to, to hit us up on Twitter, make sure to uh, let us know what your picks are uh, either for the trailblazers or for the NBA. If you're, if you're passionate about, you know, who's winning the championship, uh, convince us why the Nets won't win it besides injuries. 
who, who, who can compete with them. Um, but yeah, make sure to do that. Uh, because I think it makes it a lot more fun to look back on it at the end of the year and laugh about what we thought things would go and <laughs> what really happened. Come on, Lakers fans, jazz fans. <laughs> I know you guys have strong opinions. Oh, I know you know about the jazz fans, man. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> They're going to, the, the jazz fans are going to come, come for you and, and, and ask why you didn't have them as the one seed. I know. I'm, I, I thought I was being nice giving them the two seed, but <laughs> you're used to thinking how, yeah, and I'm just going to stop. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we almost got you. Soon, <laughs> soon, jazz fans, you, you'll have what you need. You'll have what you need to get with Jared on social media wise. I have a long, long, long history with jazz fans and a, a little bit of animosity. So this goes, this goes back many, 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 many years. And for the, for the fans that have been following the podcast for, for quite some time, uh, there's definitely been some fun takes, some, <laughs> some fun battles that I had no idea existed. Uh, so that was fun. I want to say this all stemmed from three years ago, maybe four yeah, years I, ago. I put out a tweet. Um, saying jazz fans would trade Donovan Mitchell and I think it was Rubio at the time, whoever their point guard was before Conley for Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. And if they tell you otherwise, they're lying. And I thought that that was a obvious take. I mean, I like Donovan Mitchell, but you know, with those, with him and Rubio, you know, of course you trade Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum for them and, and be thrilled and, you know, getting Damon CJ, but uh, man, jazz fans came at me hard. I've never seen a, I've only seen a couple of tweets blow up bigger than that one. And uh, I think that some, you know, jazz fan group got a hold of it and decided, let's go, you know, troll this guy. But <laughs> so that was pretty fun. I, I, I want to say you had to turn off your, there's been a couple of tweets you've had where you've had to t- turn off your mentions. Yeah, it's just I, not I, worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to change their mind. They're not going to change mine. So it's all good. <laughs> but dude, it's, it's so good to, to see you again, to do this, man. Um, to, to be able to, to do the podcast again for another season. Uh, look, looking forward to it, man. So um, I, I will have one for us at some point next week. But then after that, as the season goes along, expect these to come out on a weekly basis. And, of course, if stuff happens and goes down, we'll definitely uh, have those spur-of-the-moment emergency, emergency podcasts, so buttons. to speak. Yep. Yeah, as we go throughout the season. And, you know, especially towards trade deadline when that – seems to be the time when rip city is really popping um in the podcast world especially so expect all that to go down but it's good to be back baby yep can't wait for the season to start all right well we're gonna wrap it up here folks thank you again for rocking with us it's good to be back look forward to hearing from everybody on social media thank you so much for supporting us take care everyone